0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to an episode of Designer DAO where we talk about Web three and design. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Designer DAO. Today, you got me, Dee, and uh,
1: another co-host, Carmen. Uh, Carmen, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Carmen. I am a UX researcher um, and. Designer have a background in design, worked at fintech companies, and have been in the Web3 space for the past couple of years. Most recently, I was doing user research at Disco. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah. So uh, heads up for all of our um, listeners, we're going to start having different kinds of guests on um, Paulo's schedule. is a little crazy. My schedule can be a little crazy, so we're uh, introducing. Uh, new faces throughout so look forward to next year having multiple co-hosts instead of just me and um well today we're going to talk about the elephant in the room that is um trying to find a job um in this market right now um a lot of people i mean all of 2023 you just keep seeing multiple multiple rounds of layoffs we even have like an earlier episode about layoffs um, so our take today is we're going to talk about how to navigate a tough job market. Um, so ideally, if you're ever in the spot and it happens again, you can revisit this episode and maybe get some inspiration and some insights. I know myself, I'm currently looking for work um, and Carmen's is currently looking for work. So we're in the same boat as a lot of you guys. Um, and so we're sharing our experiences on how we've kind of navigated this this tough time. Um, so we're going to start off with just general experiences. I mean, for me, I've had like one interview from a referral. Admittedly, I haven't really been focusing on applications purposely because honestly, application is like the worst way (laughs) to get a job, unfortunately, even though that's like seems like the most obvious way because people are like you're it's hundreds of thousands of people applying for one job like it's unless you have an end it doesn't really just seem like a lucrative way to find a job so i've just been mostly seeking contracts in this time and then referrals and i, I hope to maybe start applying like seriously next year um and overall it's just been just disheartening because i was looking uh, bef- like six months ago all My portfolio and things, I had no problem getting interviews and getting contracts. And then they, next thing you know now, I haven't really changed my portfolio that much and it's like 10 times harder. And that's super frustrating. Um, Tarman, I don't know if you've had something similar.
1: Well, yeah, I'd say I have been submitting some applications, kind of trying to, you know, sift through applications that make most sense, um, but leaning pretty heavily on network. I mean, you res- referred me to one job, got an interview. So I've done a few interviews in that similar way through referrals or connections, but kind of been my strategy as well. I think I remember looking for a job. I think it was about over a year ago, but a similar sentiment about it just being a lot easier um, to, to get an interview and start those conversations with people this time around. It's been, yeah, a lot harder, I think, to start those conversations been rejected a lot more um, and similarly haven't changed so much or have had to change my portfolio and my resume to start those conversations now, I think. But yeah. Yeah,
0: like six months ago, I had like a multiple offer situation. Like I had like, I guess, three three offers that I, I had before I did my contract with Bankless. So like, it was definitely a lot easier <laughs> yeah. to get through. That door. Um, and now I'm just like getting auto rejections from places that like I have direct experience in. <laughs> it's was like, uh, I don't know who else could fit this job other than like me and like the handful of other designers in Web3 who are experienced enough. Um, yeah. So definitely, is, it's disheartening. And honestly, I'm taking the winter to just do a lot of self care to prepare myself for the shit show that is going to be next year. Because, mm-hmm. and like, even designers that have pedigree resumes are having a hard time. And I'm just like, if they're having a hard time, then. Like, let me just prepare for war real quick before I, like, really get deep in the trenches and do a couple of these contracts to, like, keep me afloat. I don't know. That's just my mentality right now. Um, kind of procrastinating a little bit, to be yeah. honest. So a couple of strategies that I've had, I've actually started looking at the job process like uh, a marketing funnel. I've worked very closely with marketing teams in the startup realm and a lot of people will say like applying for jobs is a numbers game, right? And so if you look at it like this, marketing kind of goes something like this. You have impressions, meaning how many people have viewed your work. Then you have um, interactions. So maybe someone interacts with your work. And then you have conversions. So the way that I look at like a marketing funnel for a designer is impressions is your posts. Like how how can you be seen in the internet? How, m- how many people can you like um expose yourself to and ideally that middle interaction is them actually looking at your website like actually making it to the website actually looking at your work looking at you deeper and then, and then the third step is like getting a what, a referral or an interview or you know someone who wants to meet you ideally And that's the conversion. And so the reason why I think content creation is a strategy is because the more you're visible, the more likely you are to get some sort of work, whether that be freelance work, or even when you do apply for that job, being seen as an expert in your space and being seen as someone who um, knows what they're talking about and people listen to and follow because they're so profound. And so, I mean, that's my thought about like, content creation as a job seeking strategy what do you think?
1: yeah I mean for me I haven't necessarily taken the steps to publish or create content in the same way that you have um, I think that's a really smart strategy and I've heard other people talk about being su- successful um, doing something similar something that I've been doing a little bit more is just you know keeping track of conversations or work that people are doing online. Um, and reaching out to them with, you know, my thoughts on that project or adding to that conversation and just being able to start those connections has been really helpful for me. And then, you know, whether in that moment or later down the line, kind of leaning on them as referrals or to spark other conversations for opportunities. Um, so not as a defined strategy, but that's something that's been working for me lately. Um. But I definitely think that creating content and the approach that you've taken um, is is really smart. And I think that can, you know, be pretty successful.
0: But I mean, what you're doing is good, too, because at the end of the day, you're still getting more impressions. Like commenting on someone's work in a meaningful way will bring attention to you and otherwise you wouldn't have. Um, so like whether you're like me and you're comfortable with creating content or whether you're, like, Carmen and, like, just want to, like, be a commentator and curator of the sorts. They both work um, in terms of getting uh, more attention to you as a designer. Um, I think, I mean, I haven't been not a perfect content creator. Sometimes I'm consistent. Sometimes I'm not. I, I honestly have had a hard time understanding, like, what I want to create. Like, when I first started, I was kind of, like, copying other designers or, like, creating what I think people wanted to hear and not getting that much reception and engagement. And then finally I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna like share stuff that I like, like archive files of stuff that I did that never got, done, you know, <laughs> developed. Or, you know, progress photos, or just like shower thoughts. And those things have surprisingly gotten way more reception than what I was like being a tryhard. So, <laughs> so I think if you're not comfortable being a content creator, I think finding out what you want to say um, and doing it in a way that feels genuine and fresh. I mean, in the sea of like Chad GPD written content, I think people just have really good receptions of like bullshit. (laughs) And also it helps. I think it's helped me really understand narrative and storytelling and i think that's so much a part of our job as designers and, and creating content definitely helps me practice being a better storyteller so definitely try it i have tried images i've tried i'm also writing blogs every now and then um i'm also um sharing hot takes so whatever you feel comfortable doing whether that's shareable content like little bites i've seen people be successful just like posting ominous quotes like like honestly something's better than nothing so moving on I think you were speaking to leaning on network and having chats with folks like share your experiences oh actually before I do that I have had success creating content I've had mentors that I haven't talked to for years sliding my LinkedIn DMs. I've had uh, one-on-ones and things like that just because I was active on LinkedIn. So it does work and I have seen results from from creating content. Carmen, talk a little bit about the network. Because I think for juniors, this doesn't really come naturally. Networking can, can kind of be a scary thing.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um, I It can definitely be scary. I think you touched on something on the content, on creating content, in terms of just being genuine and talking about um, your experiences in a sea of, you know, ChatGPT created content, like not saying what you think people want to hear, but really just coming from a point of curiosity and trying to make a connection with somebody else's work, um, like using the same principle um, or thought process when reaching out to people. Um, I think it can be kind of tricky like when people I've seen some people reach out and you know ask for can I pick your brain for a little bit like it can be a little weird when you're approaching it in that way but I found those connections or like start of conversations be more successful when you're actually just genuinely curious about someone's work Um, and you know that, that conversation can come can grow and, and grow into the connection or it might not. Um, but I think it's worth a shot in terms of, yeah, the that's what the internet's for sometimes is just reaching out to people that are working on things that you think are cool and contributing to that conversation. I think that can be a pretty valuable way to, um, yeah, just have interesting conversations with people and, and maybe find opportunities for work. Um, for me, it has been successful in terms of reaching out to people like cold DMs on LinkedIn. Um, I get a lot of rejections in that, in that way, sometimes on Twitter in the same way. Um, but I think it's worth a shot because the ones that have um, started conversations with like have been really meaningful connections that I've made in the past and have been really helpful for my career.
0: Yeah, the cold DM can be very intimidating. I've tried this tactic before without... I, I maybe because i'm a little socially awkward i find it hard to talk to somebody that i've never met before about their work Mm -hmm. without it sounding i don't know i I never can like spot the tone (laughs) i'm like how do i say like i guess i feel like i'm often at a loss for words whenever i'm trying to reach out to somebody um and then i end up like trying to like get ChatGBD to pull out what i'm trying to say better <laughs> um so i think i guess what are some do you have an examples of like types of things you say in your cold dms because i have never had success with the cold dm personally <laughs>
1: honestly i've like tried different things and i've read back some of them that didn't work and some of them just felt kind of artificial um in terms of trying to really you know put together a solid dm like using a template that almost feels just too artificial um Mm. i don't know it is hard like i I don't say that it's always successful um but sometimes i think just maybe asking a question or like i'm not super active like publicly on twitter but Mm. i think maybe not in the form of a dm but just like contributing to a conversation thread first and then you know replying privately somehow um that can be a way to ease into it i think um but yeah just genuinely curious maybe asking a question um mm-hmm. rather than um trying to make a template of like you know let's connect on mm-hmm. on LinkedIn or whatever like don't make it too formal um in that way but just from a point of curiosity really just try to to ask a question and 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 try to further the conversation in some way. Um, those are some ways that, that I've reached out to people. But
0: yeah. Yeah, you touched on an in general point, like make the barrier of entry low. Like if you're reaching out to somebody cold and you're asking for their time immediately, yeah. time is very precious and valuable. Yeah. And they're like, I don't even know you. You're already like being extra. So I think, I think um, asking a question that is specific to them Mm-hmm. And their journey that you, uh, based on that online presence is really smart because then you can kind of get a conversation going, and if it doesn't lead anywhere, it doesn't lead anywhere. But at least you maybe potentially walked away with a new understanding, walked away, and then they'll remember you You're like, oh, I know. I chatted with that person that one time. So I, actually, that's a pretty good strategy because I usually just go to the straight for the jugular, but I didn't think about inverse. Um, but I'm also um an introverted extrovert so i'm like when people ask me hey do you want to meet with me i'm like sure i don't i don't care but i realize that's not everybody's like point of view. um so that's a good strategy another thing that i've done in terms of so like going from the content to creation to meeting chat so this is how i have done one-on-ones one i'm very open to my dms on on, Inst- on linkedin i've gotten two or three opportunities just from answering dms so i got one dm on twitter that turned into a job i got one dm on linkedin that turned into a job so like i know a lot of like linkedin and twitter dms can be spam but i honestly i read every single one i get use my own level of discernment and that has led to some pretty good connections um and like for instance like the ceo of a crypto company rick he just reached out to me randomly and I ended up connecting him with someone and in turn from that connection he connected me with two designers um and one of which that like I used to go to college with and so and so be open to like meeting people I guess is another strategy and then secondly um I have used my work connections for for um networking primarily so like at work naming like when you do have a job naming that hey i'm i'm interested in in project management or i'm interested in in this do you know anybody and that's how i've gotten a lot of my connections as well like like one of my current mentors i met them in a user research study and (laughs) it's because like one of my leaders at my job um listened to me when i was saying that i'm interested in learning about project management and connected me with someone who happened to be a project manager, um, and I got that level of insight. So, just being intentional about the kinds of people you want to meet, whether you're in or out of a job, can also help with like people be, you know, being more open to connecting you. Like being specific about the ask makes it a lot more, a lot easier for someone to help you out than just being like, I just try to and network. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned about networking later in my career
1: yeah I agree with that. I think too knowing that that's something that we're doing actively doing in terms of trying to connect with people, also realizing if you know there's an opportunity that might not be right for you, paying that back and
0: and mm-hmm. other
1: people um to that role like I think it all comes back um in some way, but making those connections for other people just as much as you're hoping um to be open to to connecting with new people and and trying to do it yourself um I think that's also really important
0: yeah you touch on a good thing I think and this is something that I noticed that juniors struggle with a lot I'll share a story so I got a dm by some with someone and they're like hey can you like connect me to people blah blah And, you know, honestly, when it it comes to those kind of messages, admittedly, I usually ignore them because Mm -hmm. it's just like, one, you got my name wrong. (laughs) Two, you haven't even done, you know, research about me and you just want something out of me and I just don't like the vibe. But I actually took an opportunity to like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to ghost them. I'm going to like try to coach them up. And so along the lines of what I said, it was like, hey, like we haven't even established a relationship yet. Um, and so why should I risk my reputation helping you out when I don't even know who you are? And I basically told them, like, if you want to connect with people, you have to generally want to connect with them and like do your research on who they are and be specific about the kind of help that you're looking for. Like, you know, I, it's hard for me to help you if you're just like, oh, I just want help. I'm like, OK, but well, I don't know you as a person. <laughs> to give you the kind of help that you need, like be specific. And so a lot of things, people are always looking at, how can you help me? How can you help me? And even as a junior, you have some something to offer. and it's better to come with someone with an offering, whether that be offering your admiration for their work, offering any insights on the work that they've done, offering, um, you know potential like uh, mentorship opportunities. Like, offering up something and, like you said, paying it back. So, like, there has been plenty of times where I've referred my other design friends for jobs that weren't right for me. Um, Like, networking is not a one-way thing. You have to... Honestly, I hate the word networking because it makes it feel like it's any other thing other than, like, call it what it is. It's, like, just having professional relationships and friendships. (laughs) It really is. So, if you wouldn't do the thing that you're doing to a friend don't do it (laughs) to a professional friend like like don't be an asshole you know be you know i don't know i guess that's what i'm trying to say
1: yeah yeah for sure like networking yeah it shouldn't be some like ambiguous thing but actually try to make connections with people um yeah
0: all it is is just like friendships with more boundaries because it's about work (laughs) so like don't try to reinvent the will and also think about like how would you like to be treated how would you like to be talked to and like you know reverse engineer it um and have that be your guiding light in terms of like um having chats um last thing before we moved on other than like engaging with people's work and things like that how have you like built your network um for people who are, are like new to doing that
1: um Honestly, I think it's just before it was a lot of showing up to events in real life, and after mm-hmm. talking to somebody, you know, I, when you say networking, something that I do hate when you go to a, have an event and somebody without really getting to know you or talking to you first, like already asks to connect on LinkedIn. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. to that point, I think just when you meet somebody in real life, for example, and after you have a genuine conversation, um get their details in some way and like send a link or um, about an article, you know, or, or something that had to do with a conversation that you had or just following up in that way that feels like a, a more natural continuation of the conversation. I feel like that way you're actually starting to build that connection and network at scale rather than just trying to add numbers to a LinkedIn profile, for example. Um, I think approaching like building a network in that way becomes more meaningful for you as a person, you know, in your career, whether you're looking for a job or not. Um, but that's a way that I've liked to look at it because, yeah, I don't really like the word networking or like the concept of just had me on LinkedIn and then moving on. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of how I've thought about it.
0: Yeah, I recently went on a mini rant on LinkedIn where it's just like, I am not connecting with you if I've never met you, okay? <laughs> i'm sorry um because the whole point of having a connection on linkedin like this is the actual use case right the use case of linkedin is like let's i'm gonna use carmen as an example if carmen is working at discord right and i met carmen at a um at a conference and we had a really good conversation we've been chatting a little bit in telegram you know keeping up with with pleasantries and stuff like that and then all of a sudden you know carmen has a job opening there Oh, and then, you know, I'm applying for jobs and it's like, oh, Carmen is your mutual connection. Cool. I remember Carmen. You know, like I remember that conversation. I know that I feel comfortable DMing her on LinkedIn about the position and that that's going to be a great interaction. If I, if you randomly connect me in an event and you just have the connection in that same scenario, it's literally useless.
1: Yeah.
0: If I hadn't met you, if I haven't established a relationship with you and LinkedIn tells me that so and so works at Discord, I'm using that as an example, that does not help me <laughs> at all when I'm looking for a job. <laughs> because I have no point of reference for that person. It's almost even harder because now I have this connection. And I'm and I'm email remember that one time we met each other? <laughs> like it's way more awkward, you know? Yeah. So the point of LinkedIn connections is to actually have real connections. So be honestly i would recommend everybody be stingy with your linkedin connections for real like even even take people off that you haven't talked to in a long time or that um have weak connections because as a person now who's like in the job search it is so much easier to see connections that i can actually leverage than Mm -hmm. randos that i don't even remember how i met them <laughs> so in that rant, <laughs> rant So moving on. So the other thing we want to talk about is portfolio gaps and how to address them. So in a tough job market, employers are looking for same same, meaning that if you're applying for a mo- mobile app design, they're looking for your first project in your portfolio to be a mobile app design. <laughs> if they're in the healthcare space, Ideally, one of your projects are in the healthcare space. So, because they have, um, it's an employer's market, and they have so many people applying, they're looking for you to have almost the exact same skills they need. And so, unlike other points in the job search where it's like, oh, if you have sixty percent of the qualifications, just apply. In the t- in a tough competitive job market, they want a hundred percent. And so sometimes in your portfolio, you don't have that hundred percent. To speak to and that's what i would like to call a portfolio gap so have you experienced something similar or have any thoughts on that
1: yeah i would i think my perspective on that too like in terms of being proactive about your portfolio gaps is before you even start looking for jobs like really take the time to think about what is it the kind of what like what kind of work do you want to do Um, what specifically, like what projects do you want to contribute to, like, be honest with with yourself about that first, um, Mm -hmm. because it can get overwhelming to start looking through job applications or, or roles that are open and everything like that. But if you're more focused and really like have a plan about, you know, this is the work that I'm interested in and tailor your portfolio more to that and look for jobs along those lines, like that's something that's been helpful. Um. But yeah, you have to be aware of those gaps to begin with in terms of that job is requiring mobile apps, to your point, and my portfolio doesn't ha- doesn't have that. But be honest with yourself. Like, is that something that you really want to do? And if it is, mm-hmm. then, okay, well, then what projects can you add to your portfolio that can help meet that need before you apply? Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I think about it too.
0: Yeah, and also <clears throat> you can kind of actually have an experience with this so a while back ago when i was looking for a job uh i was doing what everybody tells tells you not to do which is to spray and pray really? like, unfortunately i was in a situation where i was like rage applying and i was getting all these interviews for like random places <laughs> um and a lot of um the time in that scenario i wasn't prepared I wasn't prepared to interview. I wasn't really at a mental place. And I ended up interviewing at some places that I really wanted the job. But because I wasn't prepared, my portfolio wasn't prepared, I wasn't prepared to interview, I basically wasted a job opportunity by not, like, doing what you're saying, which is getting mentally ready and understanding how you align to roles. And so long story short, I walked away being like, damn, like, I could have, gotten this job like I got lucky enough to like get the interview but then I wasn't ready and then now I burnt like this opportunity so I say all that to say it's very important to think about your job search strategy and a part of that is identifying the portfolio gaps so one thing that I like to do is um and maybe maybe not you agree you don't agree with this Carmen but I like to apply to jobs that I don't really care about at first mm-hmm. with with the portfolio that i have just to i'm basically testing the waters essentially i'm saying how good is the current portfolio that i have at like just getting jobs in general and then two i'm trying to see basically practice interview skills so if i'm lucky enough to make it to the second round um i'm like basically like dusting off the dust of my interview skills. And I'm not heartbroken if I don't get those jobs or opportunities because, like, it really was a test. And then based on that test, I identify, like, the things that I need based on the interviews that I had. Like, for instance, I went on an interview where they're asking very specific questions about, like, um, SaaS products and, like, excuse me, how I've, like, demonstrated certain abilities. And in that interview, I was like, oh, crap, like, I haven't done a good enough job showing the skill set in my portfolio maybe this is something i should add um and so from there i start like working and tweaking and thinking about the projects that i should add to my portfolio to like make my job search better um i don't know if you've i, I mean yeah, it's kind of controversial to do that because you're basically like interviewing for the second interviewing
1: but a lot of people suggest it. i don't
0: know
1: I if you've actually, done that. yeah i actually do really agree with that like interviewing is a skill in itself and mm. any opportunities you have to practice interviewing for the jobs that you really do want is, I think, a really vital um, for a job search. Um, like that's happened to me too. I think not being prepared for jobs that I do end up wanting and not getting, um, but having, like it, it happens every time that I've been looking for a, a job that at the very beginning of the search, like I kind of feel a little bit unprepared or impatient. <laughs> them, and I noticed that my interviewing like, gets better um, throughout that whole cycle of looking for a job. So whether it is applying for, you know, easier um, roles to get and just practicing using that as practice for interviews or just really practicing your interview skills to begin with, I think is really important for sure.
0: Yeah. And also a second thing I like to do, I like to call this reverse engineering uh, a job. So this is a strategy that I have in terms of identifying portfolio gaps. So I'll go to the companies that I want to work for and I'll stock all the designers that work there. (laughs) So I'll literally go to the company page, type in design and see all the designers that work there. And then I go to all the designers pages and I look at their current portfolio and I'm looking for a couple of things. One is their portfolio outstandingly better than mine. Basically like where would I stand essentially um, and secondly, you know, maybe potential connections. I'm like, hey, do we have any mutuals? Maybe I can meet this person, get it in. Um, and I think thirdly, seeing like what companies value. So evaluating the whole person. So not even their portfolio, looking at their LinkedIn profile, how are they presenting themselves, looking at their uh resume if it's available, what kind of things did they highlight in their resume? And then also looking at the portfolio. And that way, you can get a sense of like, what does this employer value to have like this person on their payroll? And so, that's another strategy in like identifying your portfolio gaps and understanding, okay, this is what I need to look like, or this is what I need to, put, how I need to position myself to then get a job at some of the places that I'm looking at. Yeah.
1: Definitely do your research with whether that is like, looking at other designers' portfolios on that team or just how that team or company thinks about design? Like, or is it a company that moves really fast and they're prioritizing impact um, in their work? How do you show that in your portfolio or your presentation when you meet with them? I think really doing your research can can help you a lot during that interview process.
0: Yes. Um, and... Also, um, and it doesn't even have to be at a company that you're looking for. It can be for, like, similar companies or competitive companies just to even, like, understand the industry standards and um, understand the culture as well. Um, So I love to do that. Um, Let's see. And then I think, um, lastly, understanding when maybe you need to, like, create a new project like meeting, you're looking at all your past work, you know, and you know you need, you've done all the things you, we just stated and you're like, oh crap, like I just don't have a portfolio piece. Um, and then you might be in a situation where you might have to quote unquote fake it or create a passion project. I know for me, um, I've been in Web3 for um, two years. You know, I've started this podcast and now I'm at a point in my career where I'm open to mixing industries. So I'm, I'm open to fintech opportunities, opportunities in the creator space, as well as Web3 opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so because I've been in Web3 for so long, well not super long, but you know, 10 years in Web3 (laughs) years, uh, all my projects are very technical and very um, DeFi heavy. And so now I'm understanding like, okay, if I want to go for a creator economy job, for example, I might have to create an app concept that's more aligned with that industry in order to get those opportunities so that's one example of like understanding when maybe you need another project in your portfolio um
1: i think aside from knowing that you need another project like in my experience for example i used to be a designer and i transitioned to work full-time as a product researcher or ux research and during that time I knew that I kind of had a gap in my portfolio in that sense, that I had done a lot of user research, but I haven't worked full-time as a researcher before. And so some of the things that I did was one, really try to emphasize the research part of my work in the past in my portfolio, but two, just being really honest about that gap with you know the companies or teams that I was interviewing with and being honest or like clear about how your skills do translate or make you a, a, a re- better researcher. For example, like as a designer, having attention to detail or really prioritizing quality of outputs, um, like those things make you a better researcher and help you stand out. So I think leaning on those things, not just adding projects to pr- your portfolio, but thinking about what are the skills from my experience that can you know set me apart for this specific role um, so that's something that I've thought about in terms of gaps in a portfolio, too.
0: Yeah, that's definitely um, a less um, time investment of, like, basically doing what you need to do in your resume mm-hmm. to appear closer to what they're looking for versus creating whole projects. So, I mean, I mean, you know, some of this requires a certain level of discernment, like knowing when it, it's time to invest. Maybe you try what Carmen does or has done, and then if you're still not getting bites, maybe... You know, deciding, okay, I probably need to just go ahead and do that project and add it to my portfolio. And that kind of segues to her, her next point, which is like in a tough job market, you kind of have to place multiple bets, meaning you might have to open your mind to the possibility of different career trajectories. Um, I always like to say the best bet is multiple bets. And what that looks like for me is like right now, I'm looking at potentially founding my own project in Web3 um, because I, since I have so much startup experience and have a lot of uh, passion towards specific areas, um, I'm also looking at uh, UX researcher jobs. I've done UX research as a part of all my design roles and I've also contracted solely as a researcher. So I'm you know, open to research roles as well as just regular like senior design roles. So I'm kind of I've broadened my career um, perspective and possibilities because I know that like, you know, one, like the narrower your focus, you know, the less opportunity, but two, like when a t- job market's tough, there might be a potential career, um, you know, trajectory that you didn't consider before, or that might have more opportunity than another opportunity. Um, have you <laughs> placed multiple bets quite yet?
1: yeah, sort of I think too, not tying yourself to a job title. And like that's something I've done personally, looking at um the responsibilities or what the role actually entails versus like leaning too heavily on, you know wanting a specific title. Like that's something that's helped me like broaden my search um and not, you know, narrow it down just so much. Like as a user researcher, I don't see, So many roles right now compared to design roles, for example, that are open, and so that's prompted me to think more about. But you know, there might be other opportunities that aren't necessarily UX researcher as the title, but I'd still be doing a lot of user research and maybe some other things that I could lean into. Um, So that's something that I've done in terms of placing multiple bets. I think.
0: I'm really looking at that job description because, like, I'm I find that like each company has a different culture and a different like verbiage for certain roles and understanding of that role. Like I've seen you know job descriptions that say product designer, but then they want motion and illustration work, which is not typically a part of that role. or I've seen um, you know project management um, jobs that like really emphasize research. So like really looking like broadening your your application search, to like more keywords i mean right now i'm using like ux product research design and like that's my like broader search because um i'm kind of like shifting through all of those various titles to see like what carmen's saying like is there closely aligned responsibilities um despite the title i think in tech we can definitely get kind of married to our titles um Like, for instance, like, I was just in a class today where the speaker was like, yeah, like, every single career step I took was technically a drop in title, but the pay was more (laughs) or the companies were bigger. And that was, like, messing with me. And I think it's, like, yeah, I think getting away from that and, like, understanding, like, what do you want to do at the end of the day? Like, if you're working, if you're giving this place 40 hours of your, you know, longevity, (laughs) how do you want to spend that time and how and what do you what like sparks interest for you what what feeds your soul especially in a job market that's that's this competitive like um you might as well like just kind of shoot for the things that you know you're leaning towards and are passionate about versus um applying at a you know a company that has a title that you're looking for but has a culture and a responsibility that you don't enjoy you know um So definitely placing multiple bets. The last thing I want to talk about is like how to this is something I've done. I don't know if Carmen's done it, but how to leverage LinkedIn and job search forms and stuff to get early opportunities or get um, opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily always see on a job board. I'll go since I've done this. So admittedly I quote-unquote stalk people on LinkedIn uh stalking is a strong word but I like to use it um so what I like to do is go to all the companies that I love follow all of them and then I go to the recruiters I follow all the recruiters then I go to all the designers and I follow all designers and once you kind of like curated your LinkedIn to like all the people that you would be interested in, what starts to happen is you'll start to get LinkedIn posts for job postings early. Like I think I saw one post where like there was no application out yet. He was just reaching out to his network and was like, hey, is there anybody who would be open to this? Because that's a lot That's a lot of times like where um, people start, especially if the design manager is in charge of, uh, of hiring. And you won't ever see those posts unless you're following the right people. So that's one thing I like to do. And also, secondly, um, I like to um, basically comment or respond to people um, in a way to show that LinkedIn, hey, I'm interested in this kind of content or these kinds of things. And and by doing that, I've also met people in the comments I've met um, or I've like been able to find other networks or other potential people to follow just because I was like, like. Carmen mentioned earlier engaging with people on LinkedIn. Uh, and the same can be said for like X slash Twitter. I don't know what people call it these days. Um, and also Warpcast, which is a Web3 social app. Doing that, I've been able to get posts in my feed that I would never otherwise get unless I was like following like basically a massive amount of people in my network and maybe a little bit out of that network that um, are design managers or people who work at places I'm interested in. Um, Have you done something similar?
1: Yeah, I think I mentioned like keeping an Excel sheet, something I started doing recently, just like keeping an Excel sheet of um, all the teams or, or, you know, companies or projects that I think are interesting. Um, And then I think keeping it in Excel has helped me keep, keep tabs on them just in terms of, Um, Like I'm interested in this work and I want to see where it goes. But I think also going down that list and following those teams or people on LinkedIn or otherwise has like I have seen, you know, LinkedIn posts where it's an opportunity that hasn't been posted as a job yet. Um, Those kinds of things. So for sure. um, That's kind of how I've approached it, though
0: yeah really, um, I mean, I know that people hate LinkedIn for a myriad of reasons, but it is a really good resource, even in just like understanding connections and networks effects. um and also like just starting um conversations with people. um and also I think it lastly, it can help with like f- finding potential communities um and maybe groups. I know I found uh shefi which is like a web three women's oriented group just by like going on, (laughs) on LinkedIn. And that ended up leading to an opportunity to speak at last year's East Denver. So Mm -hmm. like this whole thing is just so like serendipitous and random almost. And so you kind of just have to like, um, be intentional with the things that you want and like curate your feed accordingly. Um, I think that's, that's pretty much the bulk of my, of my talking points. I mean, honestly, you could try all the things that we're suggesting and still struggle. I say, like, like lastly, self-care is so important in this search, and like not and trying your hardest not to take the search personally. Right now, in particular, I'm seeing ex-fang designers, people who are like pioneers in their space struggling to find work. So don't you could be trying all the things and ultimately still not get the thing still not get to where you're trying to go and like giving yourself grace and understanding that you just got to work the process obviously it's easier said than done but sometimes it's just it's just like that um and sometimes the timing is just awful you know i know it is for me right now
1: <laughs> yeah i think knowing when to step back to like if you feel yourself getting too overwhelmed and impatient like take a step back take a breather reevaluate and then keep going like it can it's it's emotional it's not an easy experience or a process so yeah i think knowing when to take a step back too
0: yeah and just doing things that like feed your soul you know during this like soul crushing process um like getting into some hobbies i know me i like started going through my closet to find like old <laughs> arts and crappy things that i had bought and never did anything with and <laughs> just start messing with them um, just to kind of like get my mind out of like the cycle of just like doom scrolling LinkedIn all the time. Um, and also I, it, this is not something that I've done, but another friend that I know that's looking for work is like they've started to do more community projects and like really get involved in the the queer community here in Denver and uh doing like projects that are more like nonprofit or passion based. Um, None of them are design-oriented, but, like, you know, that's another avenue of, like, you know, occupying your time, doing things that are passionate, like, keeping you moving, but not necessarily, like, tied to your job search, you know. (laughs) Any lasting thoughts, uh, Carmen, before we take this out? No, I
1: think you close it off pretty well i think not just taking a step back but yeah leaning into hobbies taking your mind off things that i mean you have all this time now like make mm-hmm. you but i guess um while you have it so yeah all right
0: thank you so much for finishing this episode of designer Dow. to learn more about us follow us on twitter and our website designer-dao.xyz until next time